Hello, Sawbona, how's it? Molo, Jambo, and welcome to Every Nation Devon Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. It's lovely to see you all. And um, a very special and warm welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Maiwa. Welcome to your first Sunday. Guys, it's so awesome to have you as a Mr. and Mrs. in the house, and um, we just pray and are expectant for all the goodness of God to be poured out in your life, even more so. Amen. Amen. Well, today we are continuing and finishing off with our Revival Rain series. Have you enjoyed it so far? Have you all tucked into this book? Are you in certain... um, chapters and and navigating it and allowing your heart to be refined by God as you go through it. Yeah? I see some nods. If you you don't yet have the book, if you haven't started the journey, I want to encourage you to to get it. It is, um, it's timeless. And um, I really want to just honor you, Wayne, for the time and effort that you put into stewarding this word for the church. Um, And then creating this amazing resource for us to be able to get closer to God. And um, today we're going to be uh, navigating what is found in chapter 39, which is talking about new wine. And I feel like we've already had quite a significant time of God dealing with our hearts, but I would encourage you to lean in more and, um, and see what else he wants to do because there are deeper levels with God. There's deeper spaces we can go, and there's always more work that He can do within us. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning we started off, and um, Sandile, you did so well leading us in that Hillsong song um, written by uh, Brooke uh, Legitwood. Um, I believe that's how you say her surname. Um, And I just want to focus in on part of those lyrics to start off this morning. An interesting fact about that song is um, that it was actually a personal devotion that she wrote just for her and God. She never had an expectation to release it into a wider space for other people to be singing it. And so she even says it's quite strange to hear her personal devotional song um, being sung corporately around the world, but I'm so grateful that she shared it because it touches my heart in a very deep way, and I I know it does yours too. But the words go like this, because where there is new wine, there is new power. There is new freedom, and the kingdom is here. New wine, new power, new freedom, the kingdom evidently here. How much do we want that? How much do we want that? How much do you want that? You know, for many of us, our hearts yearn and burn for this new wine. Our hearts are literally so desperately hungry for greater measure of God's power, His freedom, His impact in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Is there anybody else in this room who has that yearning for more and more and more of God? You're not content with what you're currently experiencing and seeing. You want this new wine. Great, I'm not alone. And you know, that's why we pursue the promise of this revival um, the way we do. You know, that's why we've been working through this revival rain devotional. It's why we're trying to get it into as many people's hands because we know that, um, that there is a deep work that God wants to do in our lives because there is a beautiful revival that he is bringing into the earth. And we wanna be ready for that revival. Do we not? Yes, yes we do. Um, and you know, Jesus is the one who spoke about this new wine and um, you know, what, what does that look like? What does this new wine look like? Well, in my mind, it looks like total freedom in my own life. You know, new wine looks like that fullness of joy in all circumstances, 
that there's always a smile and there's always a hopeful expectation coming out of me because there's this new wine that is just there coming forth. It's that peace that surpasses our understanding. I know that many of us, if not all of us, can testify to being in situations and circumstances where we don't understand what the heck is going on. Why is this happening? Why are things not working out the way I expected? I think new wine looks like exercising and being in that space of, of peace that completely surpasses the situations we're in. I think that new wine looks like courage and boldness at all times, not intimidated by fear ever, to walk into boardrooms, to walk into conferences, to walk down the street with a sense of knowing that I'm not submitted to any spirits of fear. I'm full of boldness. I'm full of courage. I know who I am. And I know the God that I serve. And we want it for ourselves, don't we? And we want it for those around us. We want this. We want to operate. We want to see the power of God operating through us in greater measure. When someone comes to us for prayer or to, to talk about something, that, that when we open our mouth, wisdom from heaven is coming out. That when we pray for people, they get sick. No, but they get well. <laughs> Have you ever prayed for somebody who gets sick after you prayed for them? You pray for them because they, they, they're not well and then they actually get worse. I've seen that happen. That's not the testimony we want. We want to pray for those who are unwell and see them being healed, completely healed, not partially healed, fully restored. We want to be in situations where somebody's clearly not having a sound mind and we're speaking and the wisdom of God is coming out of our mouths and their minds are coming into alignment with wisdom. We want to be in situations where you can see someone is tormented and you speak her word and that unclean spirit leaves. Not out of hype, out of authority. This is the new wine that we want to see in operation. Not partially, but in full measure. And I believe that's what God wants for us. We want the kingdom of God to be experienced in fresh ways wherever we go. And my hope today is to show us that we're not invited to just be observers of a revival or to be ones who would need to be revived ourselves, but that we would actually be vessels in which new wine can be housed and flow through because we have an appointed moment and position in this revival that God's bringing, which will require us to embrace becoming a new wineskin so that we can house the new wine. Not spectators, but strategic appointed vessels. So let's read about this new wine that Jesus speaks about in Luke 5. It's gonna come up on the screen. It's from the Amplified Bible. And maybe we could read it together. Would that be all right? Okay, is it up there? Fantastic. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new fermenting wine will expand and burst the skins and it will be spilled out and the skins will be ruined. But the new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. Now to understand the scripture better, we have to have a clearer context of um, how wine was stored in the time in which Jesus was speaking to the people he was speaking to. And uh, it is a very different way that wine is stored than, than it is now. You know, now wine is stored in barrels and then moved over into wine bottles and it's quite glamorous. But um, when Jesus was speaking, it wasn't like that at all. In fact, when Jesus spoke these words, wine was actually stored in brand new wineskins. And very simply, an animal skin was cleaned and it was sewn up nice and tight, and then the wine was kept inside it. And we've got a nice picture. 
How's that? Anybody want a glass of wine out of that wineskin? I, I, I think it's quite a novel. Uh, I've had a very interesting time studying this. But um, basically, what would happen is wine would go through a fermentation process. So in the, in the skin of the grape, there's some yeast, and that begins to ferment in the process of, of wine um, being made, and, and gases are released. And so an animal skin was a perfect um, vessel for it, a brand new animal skin, because it was soft and supple and it would literally expand to accommodate the fermentation process. So it was a great substance to house the wine. However, that, that wineskin could only go through that process probably about once. And if you tried to do it again, once it had already gone through um, housing wine and that fermentation process and that expanding and contracting to cope with the fermentation, and it, it wouldn't be able to cope again because the wine skin would actually become compromised. It would become, um, it wouldn't be soft and supple. And so the skin would actually burst. And then the skin is wasted and the wine is wasted. So this is why Jesus talks about new wine being in a new wine skin. Does it make sense now? A little bit more, okay. So. What would happen to the original wineskin? Would we have to keep going and slaughtering and, and making up these glamorous uh, containers for the wine? Or would we just stop drinking wine? What, what would we do? Well, what would happen is they would take the original wineskin, and God is not into wastage, so what he would do is there would be a process for that skin to become soft and supple again. And it would get soaked in water for a period of time, and then it would get massaged with oil, and then that skin would become soft and pliable once again, and then new wine could be put into it, and that whole process of fermentation and expanding and stretching could happen again. Does that make sense? Yay, don't you love context? And you know, we know that this is like a personal analogy that we can draw from um, when we think about our own lives being containers or vessels for the new wine of God. For us to become wineskins, we also have to go through a process of becoming soft and supple once again. Think about when you first got born again. You were pretty soft and supple for the things of God, weren't you? You were just, just having this process going on inside of you that was expanding you and stretching you and, and you were there and you were pliable and you were, you were ready to house this new wine. But as time went on, as life happened, and I think we can particularly look over the last few years, and I'm sure there are many of us who can relate to not feeling so soft and supple anymore, but feeling a little bit brittle, a little bit hardened, a little bit not so much new wineskin. Maybe we need to soak in some water, the water of the Word of God, Maybe the Holy Spirit needs to be that oil that massages into us. And I, I think moments like this morning when we were just having that incredible time of intimacy with God, that's what was happening. Anybody feel that? When you, were, when you were in those places of consecration as we were being led in worship and devotion, there was just a, it was like the Holy Spirit was massaging into you. There was a, a, a suppleness that was starting to come to your heart. God wants to do more of that. He wants to do so much more of that because he wants us to be the, the vessels that can house his new wine. He doesn't want us to burst. He doesn't want us to be, when he's pouring himself out in this, this revival that we're preparing for, that we would be stretching, stretching, and then busted. And we're broken and the wine is spoiled. No, he wants us prepared soft, supple, ready to allow that fermentation process of what he wants to do within us. How many people are you encountering on a daily basis who you can see are afflicted, are lost, are hurting, are sick, 
God's desire is that you would be a vessel that is carrying his new wine into all of those people's lives and situations as his spirit is beckoning you, that you would be the vessel through which his life-giving power would begin to flow. Isn't that what Jesus meant when he said, greater things will you do? It's better that I go to the Father because greater things will you do when the Holy Spirit said, isn't that what this revival is gonna be like? Where each and every one of us who calls ourselves a son or daughter of God is a soft and supple wineskin to house his new wine. And wherever we're going, we're seeing the afflicted and we're dealing with those spirits of torment. We're seeing the hurting and we're bringing words of comfort. We're seeing those who are in lack and we can lead them into ways of faithful provision. But right now, are we those wineskins? Or are we hard and rigid and brittle ourselves because of the hardships that we've been through, the hardships that we're experiencing, that we don't have capacity to deal with that person and their stuff? Don't even wanna go there with that person. Don't even have the energy to pray for that leader in my community. The state of our inner being will affect our ability to house the new wine. I don't know about you guys, I wanna be ready. I don't wanna need to be being revived during the revival. I wanna be the vehicle through which the revival is coming. I know you do too. So we must be willing to undergo the process of becoming new wineskins. And if we look at Jesus, he's pretty much our prototype of one who carried new wine. He shifted the way things were in his time and his space that he was in his, his role in history. He literally is the prototype that we can look at. And you know what? I see three, kind of three points that I wanna draw attention to. I see in his life that there were appointed times, there were power times, and there were preparation times. In Luke 4, 18, there's an incredibly powerful moment that takes place. Jesus stands up in a synagogue, a scroll is handed to him, and he reads from the scroll. He, he is exercising an appointed time in his life. And this is what he says. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Basically, I'm the Messiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, I'm the Messiah, because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce, release, pardon, forgiveness to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed by tragedy, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and favor of God abound greatly." And he rolls up the scroll, hands it back to the attendant, takes his seat, and all those eyes are fixed on him. And then he drops the mic by saying, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What I see here is an appointed time in his life, an appointed time in history where he stands and he speaks out who he is and what he's an anointed to do. And there are appointed times for you as well. Appointed times for you to stand and establish who you are and why you're on this planet. Appointed times for you to stand with conviction and say who you are, whose you are, and what role you're to play in the revival. Appointed times are coming. Are you gonna be ready for them? Are you gonna be ready? Because I believe that there is strategic posts that each one of us needs to man when revival comes. And our hearts need to be expectant and attentive to that appointed time. Jesus knew it was his time to speak that. Are you gonna be ready for your appointed time? your appointed time in the office with your coworker, 
your appointed time at Christmas with your family, your appointed time when you're walking in the mall and God says, I want you to go lay hands on that person and heal them. Are you going to be ready for your appointed times? Or are you still going to be grappling with your brittle, wounded, hard heart? New wine requires new wineskins. We don't only see appointed times in Jesus' life, we also see power times. And I think we, we're very familiar with that. As we read through the Gospels, we see the power that he operated in wherever he went. He was operating in this heavenly authority. He was driving out impure spirits. He was healing many. He was doing unusual miracles like turning water to wine. He was forgiving sins and healing the paralyzed. He was clearing out the temple of those who would misuse and taint its true purpose. Powerful times that Jesus walked in were incredibly reflective of his heavenly authority. New wine skins are synonymous with heavenly authority. If the thought of driving out an impure spirit terrifies you, you don't know who you are. And you don't know what you house. I know there are impure spirits here that have attached themselves to some of us. And we live with them instead of dealing with them. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. You're not called to dwell with darkness when you are light. You don't have to. You don't have to tolerate that. You don't have to live as an oppressed person when the, the victor of humanity dwells within you. Heavenly authority will be found in new wineskins. We're going to do business today, guys. But how did Jesus get to those appointed and power times in his life? He was successful in the preparation times. And one of those preparation times can be found in the book of Luke in chapter 4, where we see some of, some of what he went through in the wilderness. And perhaps you can relate. Perhaps you feel like you're having some testing times right now. But I want you to see your testing times through the vision of your appointed and your power times that are to come. Because then you will see your testing times not as temptations that your flesh may or may not be able to contend with. But you will see your testing times as the opportunity for you to overcome and to persevere and to push through and to be victorious in. I don't know about you, but when I'm put to test, I want to show that I can get through that test. When I think about a temptation, I'm like, oh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. You know, maybe my flesh is a bit too weak. No, let's, temptations, let's, let's call them tests. The word is synonymous with tests. The, the devil took Jesus into the wilderness and he tempted or tested him. Let's, let's see our temptations as tests. You're being tested in this moment. And you can overcome we can win. We can pass our tests well. But testing times aren't pleasant. You know, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led into the, uh, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tested by the devil. But testing times aren't pleasant. Do you think Jesus was having a jewel out there? Woo! In the wilderness, me and the devil having some good time. They were exhausting. He was tested to the point that angels had to be dispatched to come and minister to him and revive him afterwards. They might not be pleasant times, but they are definitely filled with purpose. 
and they are very, very important because we know that it's after the testing times that the appointed and the power times come. It's the testing time that reveals whether our hearts, minds, souls, and bodies are completely yielded to God's purposes. It's in the testing times that we see whether we will be able to endure and stand till the end. Whether we have that persevering faith. When Jesus returns, he's going to be looking for faith in the earth. It's the testing times that helps us see whether we have that resolve to lean into God as opposed to run away from him. If you're going through a testing time, don't run away from God. He's the only one who can help you through it. <laughs> He's the only one who can stay, sustain you through it. If Jesus wasn't able to overcome in the testing wilderness, he would not have been able to complete his mission and fulfill the mandate of Calvary. So let's return to our song. In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soil I now surrender, you are breaking new ground. So I yield to you and to your careful hand when I trust you, I don't need to understand. Make me your vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing, but all you have given me, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. What we learn from Jesus in his wilderness time is that he didn't compromise. And I can think of the three recorded times um, that, uh, that we, we know of, I'm sure there were other times that he was given opportunity to compromise in those 40 days, but the three that were recorded, he never compromised. So he, in, in lieu of the appointed times and the power times, he allowed the crushing, he allowed the pressing of those testing times to produce a new wine within him. Where is the enemy trying to get you to compromise? It's the old compromised wineskin that cannot house the new wine. It's the compromised old wineskin that's going to burst. I'm going to say a few things now, and I want to just give a disclaimer. I'm not bringing accusation. I'm not bringing condemnation. I'm just going to say a few things that I've noticed in the body of Christ in our city, and I'm going to ask you to allow your, your ear to hear what the Holy Spirit would say to you, and if he chooses to bring conviction to you, then my encouragement is that you respond to that. Does that make sense? All right. So, if we had to look at compromised wineskins in the context of the body of Christ in the city of Durban, some of the things that I notice is things like turning a blind eye to the own hurt in our own hearts which then lead us to avoid certain people or not let people get close to us or embrace, you know, cancel culture when we've actually been given a ministry of reconciliation. I see compromised wineskins of sexual sin in the body of Christ where we'll say things like, but we, we, we're committed in our hearts it's like we're married, or we will get married one day. Or maybe you're just so tired of dealing with the opposite sex, you lean into self-love to gratify your sexual desires. Compromised wineskins of cultural rituals 
cultural rituals that are actually pagan, ancestral. Jesus and. And you know, we can, we can tag on it. I'm, I wanna honor my family. I wanna honor, you know, that particular gogo or that uncle who's just not gonna give me a moment's rest until I just go along with the candles, the cuttings, the food sacrificed, the drinking of peculiar things that you know in your heart. There's something funny here. But you just go along with it because you just wanna get that person off your back. Jesus, you know, you and me, we tight. Just, it's just what I need to do to get my bride. I just need to go through that as part of the labola. I just want my bride. Just want to keep that uncle quiet. If you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, don't compromise, no matter what the cost. He didn't compromise in the wilderness, which empowered him to go to Calvary so that you could have the freedom Who will not have freedom if you choose to compromise and don't house the new wine that God has for you to house? There's more riding on it, my friends. What about turning a blind eye to crime? See it happen? Yo, that's bad, eh? Yo, but we don't do anything about it. We don't even report it. I heard something very peculiar about people who go into the department to help people get their driver's licenses and they were complaining because the bribes have gone up from one five to 3,000 rand. Like, why are we complaining that the bribes have increased? We should be complaining that we were bribes in the first place. But when you've been trying to get your driver's license four, five, six times and the temptation to compromise and to pay that little extra that you gotta add on or to get your plans passed through the municipality to build on your house, it's just the way it is. No, it's compromised wineskins. And how compromised in our city and our country because we tolerate being compromised wineskins. What about taking care of our environment? How many people in our country are Christians by name, but they don't have a clue about the dominion mandate to take care of the earth? That I think the statistic is something crazy like, only 10% of South African households actually recycle. And probably people in this room saying, recycle? How do we do that? (laughs) Well, you know when we see the ocean trashed and we see the beach covered, it's because those single-use plastic containers and convenience things that we use on a daily basis are going into landfills and then they're just washing down the rivers and we're killing the planet, and we're Christians, and we're doing nothing about it, we're part of the problem. Dominion mandate, compromised wineskins. Ah, but the city's a dump anyway. What is it gonna make a difference if I just throw my paper out the window or not? Everybody else does it. Creating employment. (laughs) (laughs) Not happening. What about the compromise of economic and academic advancement over spiritual growth and maturity? Where it's more important that I'm growing economically and I'm growing academically and I'm getting somewhere in this life than stewarding my spiritual growth and my spiritual maturity. Compromised wineskins. 
coming into church late, but we'd never be late when the CEO has an appointment with us. Compromised wineskins. I don't know why some people are clapping, because I know they're often late. Volunteering for things in the workplace like, hey, I'll lead the Christmas party, I'll organize it, but I won't join and sign up and help at church in a team once every three weeks. How much do we care about the souls of the people around us? And how is that reflected in how frequently we share the gospel or pray for those around us that we know are lost. What about the compromise of dying to self? How many of us are, self, are sucked into self-idolatry? How many selfies do we take and how often are we looking at pictures of ourselves? And I... It's, it's interesting because it's the culture we live in. But we've got to know that the culture we live in is a compromised culture. And to all the beautiful women in the house, when you take your nails and your eyelashes and your hair and the makeup off at night, do you still feel beautiful? No, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not. Because, because we look beautiful when we put a lot of work and effort into things, but do we feel beautiful when that's all gone? And if we don't, then we're falling into a trap of externals when actually you're so beautiful just the way he made you. And I'm not saying don't do the hair and the makeup and the nails and all of that, have fun, you know, be a girl, love it. I mean, I see, I see some girls and it's like, whoa, you look like a supermodel. Do you feel like a supermodel when it's all off? Because you are, you're beautiful, you're amazing, you're the apple of his eye, you're gorgeous. Are we compromised by what we allow into our ear and eye gates as regular media and entertainment and its toxicity shape us and shape our children? Are we compromised in living an indulgent life and not one of regular spirit-led fasting and prayer? Are we compromised by partnering while allowing spirits of grief, trauma, heartbreak, hopelessness, and disappointment to attach themselves to us? Guys, I could go on and on and on, but I don't need to. All we have to do is say, Holy Spirit, come and show me what's compromised. Because I want to be a new wineskin and I want to house your new wine. And the Holy Spirit doesn't bring con that, that condemnation that you're a failure and that you, you're bad and that you're, you know, he just gently, graciously leads us into an invitation to repentance, which leads us into intimacy. So it's all, the way the Holy Spirit works is a beautiful way, it's a good way. And I really hope that the things I've shared, and, and there's so many more, that they're not there putting a heavy on you, but they're, they're just illuminating whatever the Holy Spirit wants to illuminate. Because here's the thing, compromise causes you to lose your authority and it leads you into slavery. Slave to sexual immorality, slave to offense, slave to mammon, slave to greed, slave to bitterness, slave to debt. And new wine skins are skins of authority. Men and women who know and understand that Jesus is coming for his bride, a bride without spot, 
without blemish, completely sold out and ready for him. Who will you be in this revival, my friends? I know who you're going to be. You're going to be the one ready to carry the new wine. You're going to be the one ready to house being that soft, supple skin. And so what I want to do as we, as we wrap today is I just want to create a space for consecration. I just want to create a space where you can, you can get intimate with God. And you know, the way we're going to do that practically is we're not going to have a worship team up here. We're just going to have some music playing in the background. And I encourage you to, to use this appointed time in your life. If that looks like going and kneeling at the foot of the cross and writing some things out on the paper there and, you know, dealing with it there. If it looks like you needing to lie down in God's presence, if tears begin to flow, just go with whatever the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in you. Give him space to wash you in the word and anoint you with that oil massaging it into you because as he makes you soft and supple you are going to be so ready for those appointed times you're going to be so ready for those power times are you keen to do that are you ready to do that okay let me ask you to stand to your feet and this is your moment this is not a moment to think about anybody else around you this is this is for you this is for you and God, and uh, embrace it. Amen. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and lead us into deeper waters with the Father. Come and deal with what you want to deal with in our lives. Come and bring us to the place of being soft and supple, we lean into you. We invite you. I feel like the Lord wants to deal with any people who feel oppressed by intimidating spirits. Where you feel intimidated and you feel less than and you feel like you get an overwhelming sense of, of fear. 
in different situations. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. In the name of Jesus, I just command every spirit of fear that's attached itself to these individuals to go in the name of Jesus. I thank you right now, Holy Spirit, for the liberating power that you bring to revive them and to reinstate them into the authority that they have in Jesus Christ. As they continue to yield to you and resist the spirit of fear, the spirit of fear must flee in the name of Jesus. I want you to repeat after me. I am a child of God. Say it like you mean it. I am a child of God. And I will not submit to a spirit of fear. Intimidation, I command you to go. In Jesus' name. I want you to open your mouth and speak out wide and loud. You are my God and I will love you with all of my heart. I will follow you all the days of my life. And I will not be yoked together with a yoke of bondage. It is for freedom that you have set me free, Jesus. My mind is bound to your mind. I walk in your freedom and your liberty. I am yours. And you empower me to do great things. Every unclean spirit that is attached to people here through sexual sin, I command you to go. As the people of God yield and repent from ways that do not please the Father. Foul spirits, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. Loose, be loosed in Jesus' name. Be loosed from the oppressor and be bound to God. Let your heart be bound to God. Let your mind be bound to God. Let the spirit of righteousness operate in and through you at all times, in public and in private. For every person who's partnered with a poverty less than mindset. We're gonna break that today. Because in the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom of God, there is no lack, but there is stewardship and responsibility. And there is seed for the sower and there is harvest. So every person who feels like they've partnered with that spirit of poverty, that spirit of poverty has even led people to partner with the spirit of mammon because they were so afraid of poverty. Father, we bring our hearts before you and we repent of partnering with the spirit of poverty and lack in Jesus' name. We repent for pendulum swinging and then partnering with the spirit of mammon and greed and going after the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. Father, we thank you that you give us seed to sow and we will reap the harvest of provision and abundance in our lives to take care of our own needs and to be greatly generous to others for the advancement of your kingdom. And lastly, I just want to pray for a spirit of boldness to share the gospel. Father, we 
we humble ourselves before you this morning and we repent for hardened hearts towards the lost. Father, renew our love for you that your love for others might flow through us. That we would carry people in prayer And as your spirit leads us, we would boldly give an account for the hope that we have for eternal life with you. Fill our mouths with grace and beautiful love for the lost. You came to seek and save the sinner and you found us. Lord, let your love which caused you to endure the temptations of the wilderness, stand boldly in your appointed times and fearlessly exercise the authority of kingdom. Let that be our portion as we reach out to a world who so desperately needs you. We cut ties with this world and its system We cut ties with the temptations and the testing that would lead us into compromise. And we stand as your sons and your daughters, positioned for revival. Continue this process, Lord, daily as we yield to you because your hands are careful with us And even in the pressing and even in the crushing, you are making new wine. We surrender in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If anybody requires individual prayer, we'll be here to pray for you. But otherwise, go and share the gospel. Go and position yourselves to consistently being made into a new wineskin. Because man, God is worth it, hey? Amen. Have a beautiful Sunday. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at endurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermon. Be blessed.